Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Well, I have been very sick since Wednesday night. I feel a hundred times better. I don't know if I sound better or not. I can't even tell you really what I sound like because of the pressure in my ears right now. So um, you pray for me and I'll get through this, I promise you. But I do believe that God has given us a word and a new series that he wants us to embark on over this week and the next two weeks after this. So let's start this new series called Uncomfortable. Will you say that with me? Say uncomfortable. I am so privileged to live in a country that has perfected the art of convenience. That's what we have done. We have perfected the art of convenience. Everywhere that we go, we are surrounded by opportunities of convenience afforded to us because of where we live in the world. Most of us in the room, most of us in here, we did not do anything to gain this opportunity. We were just born here. There are a few people in the room that somehow you ended up in this great nation. Maybe you didn't start off here. But for the rest of us, we have been born into this country of convenience. And and, and it's everywhere that we go, we just find convenience. Take, for instance, drive-thrus. We we take that for granted. But but drive-thrus are a major convenience in our life. If we don't want to get out of our car to order food, we can simply drive up to a talking box. It has no brain. I'll let you figure out what I mean by that. No, it has no brain. You, it is a speaker is all it is. And you are talking through a microphone and listening to someone that is inside of a building and they are communicating with you and you place your order there. You drive up to the first window. If it's a fancy, fancy fast food restaurant, it has two windows and you drive up to the first window and you get to pay at that window and then you proceed to the next window where they give you your food right there and if you are just one of these people that you're on the go or if you're just absolutely too lazy to get out of your car you can eat while you're in your car it's that convenient for you I like the, the fast food restaurants that, that you know, once I, I take my straw out of its wrapper as I'm pulling out of the drive-thru, they have made it so convenient that there is even a garbage can that's right outside of my window. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Those are the best ones. I can tell you where they're at in this area. I can take you to restaurants in Gainesville right now. Uh, Arby's has it. And, and when you pull right there to the end and you take it, I, you, you can just throw your trash right there. You don't have to put it in your... In, I don't like there being trash in my car. I just don't. I don't like to take the, the wrapper and stick it down into the, you know, the cup holder because it stays there for weeks. You ever notice that? So it's so convenient just to have it right there. And, and we're surrounded by convenience wherever we go. We don't even have to drive to to music stores or bookstores anymore. My kids, they don't understand what that is like. I mean, they don't get it. I used to go every Friday. I would go to the music store to buy a a cassette. (laughs) Eventually, I started buying CDs. Now you don't have to do that. You don't have to go to the bookstore anymore. 
Matter of fact, I could be downloading my new favorite novel right now and you don't even know it because I've got my iPad right here in my hand. That's how convenient it is in this world that we live in. If I'm not at home and I forget to record my favorite TV show, which has happened from time to time, all I have to do is pull out my smartphone, open up an app, and I can set my DVR to record from hundreds of miles away, I can set the DVR in my living room to record my favorite TV show so that when I get home, I get to watch it on my TV. Convenience could be defined as anything that saves me time, energy, and money. It's convenient. And I'm not here to jump on the bandwagon that convenience is of the devil. That's not it. I mean, I, I love convenience. I do. I appreciate convenience. Indoor plumbing, I'm a fan. <laughs> I have to tell you, I am. I am. I am. Uh, central heat and air, count me in. I, I've, I'm a privileged kid. I'm not going to lie to you. I was raised on central heat and air my whole life. Anybody else in the room, you've been raised on that? Yeah? Yeah? Anybody that when you were growing up, you didn't have central heat and air? Oh, bless your stupid little hearts. <laughs> Praise the Lord that you found deliverance. Amen? Amen. Some of you, some of, very few of you in the room are thinking, what, what is this central heat and air that you speak of? <laughs> and it's just because you don't know what, what it is. You've got it, but you just don't know what it is. Convenience is a wonderful thing. It can make life easier. It can make our lives a whole lot more comfortable. But when it comes to your daily walk with God, convenience can become your greatest stumbling block. And I'm afraid of what we're doing. Because I'm afraid sometimes that we've created Christianity to be so convenient. Now, I'm not complicating the process of salvation. I don't want anybody in the room to... to, to you know, mistake what I'm trying to tell you today. Salvation is very convenient for us. That, that we are sinners and there was a Savior that died for our sins. I spoke about this last Sunday on Easter. That this is so convenient for us and it is so simple for us to receive that free gift of salvation into our lives that we don't have to do anything to earn it except receive it. That is so simple for us. That is so convenient. But when it comes to walking the Christian walk, I'm afraid sometimes that we are painting this picture of convenience that is not really so. That's more amens than I thought I would get today. When it comes to our daily walk with Christ, a walk is, is taking a step and then another step. A walk isn't just, just taking one step and then you're done. A walk, when you go on a walk with someone, it is step after step. It is walking with them along the way, along the journey. And when it comes to our daily walk with Christ... Convenience can be the very thing that causes us to stumble and fall. I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 12. And in 1 Kings chapter 12, we find the nation of Israel in one of the toughest inner struggles that it ever faced. Where we are reading at today in this particular passage of Scripture, we find Israel as a divided nation. 
where they're at right here in this particular passage of Scripture reminds me a lot of our nation and what it looks like, what it begins to look like every political season. And let's just be honest, it's, it doesn't stop anymore. How many of you remember the days when, when there was a political season and that's when you had all of the conversations? And, and then you could, you could rest for a little while. You didn't have to talk about that with your friends and with your family members and, and your coworkers. Now in this day and age of social media, it, it's year round. It doesn't stop. And, and it causes us to continue to be a divided nation. And, and, and that's what reminds me a lot of what's happening here in these particular verses of scripture is that Israel is a divided nation. The leader of the northern kingdom of Israel is a man by the name of Jeroboam and he is leading a group of people that they feel overwork they feel underpaid and overtaxed sound familiar and then the leader of the southern kingdom of Judah is Rehoboam and and although he is fulfilling God's promise that David's seed will remain on the throne he's David's grandson and though he is fulfilling that promise that God made that David's seed would never leave the throne of Israel he is making some huge political blunders because he's not listening to the older leaders he begins listening to the younger leaders who is saying overwork and overtax the people even more. If you want to rule them, you have to rule them with an iron fist. You cannot give them a break. You hear their cries, but you need to be harder than your father was. And so he listens to these young leaders. And it's at this moment in time that God allows and even orchestrates the division of the kingdom. Some of us wonder sometimes, if God can be behind anything like that. Well, you go back to the Old Testament and you read this and you realize that there are moments when God did bring division into the kingdom. And God is behind this. And so we read in 1 Kings chapter 12, we'll start reading at verse 25. It says, Then Jeroboam built Shechem and the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. And he went out from there and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom will turn back to the house of David. If this people go up to offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord, to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. And he said to the people, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Then this thing became a sin, for the people went as far as Dan to be before one. He also made temples on high places and appointed priests from among all the people who were not of the Levites. And Jeroboam appointed a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah. And he offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did in Bethel sacrificing to the calves that he made. And he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places that he had made. He went up to the altar that he had made in Bethel on the 15th day of the eighth month, in the month that he had devised from his own heart. And he instituted a feast for the people of Israel and went up to the altar to make offerings. While the Hebrews in the south, in the kingdom of Judah, 
where Rehoboam is serving as their king. They worshiped in Jerusalem. But in this northern kingdom of Israel, there was a natural beauty to the land. It was an irresistible alternative to heading south. It was picturesque. It was convenient. It was very invigorating. In a land where water is life, this landscape seemed very sacred because it was there in this, this region, in this area of Dan, where these four tributaries formed the headwaters of the Jordan River. And so just to make sure that you understand the division of what's happening here, you have two nations. You have the southern kingdom of Judah and you have the northern kingdom of Israel. You have two kings, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. You have two capitals. You have Jerusalem and you have Shechem. But there's a problem. There was only one place that God allowed for his people to worship him. And it was in Jerusalem, in the southern kingdom. Jeroboam saw this as a, as a big challenge for his administration. Because if he allows those people from the north to travel to the south, he is in fear that they are going to pledge their allegiance once again to the southern kingdom. And that they will not return back to him. And, and if things got really bad then maybe they would turn against him and want to kill him. And so out of fear, he begins to build altars and abstract places. But he wouldn't just put them in, in these odd places. No, when everybody else knows you're supposed to be in Jerusalem during these festivals, during these celebrations, he builds these altars these places of worship in some of the most convenient and most beautiful places. Because if he can convince the people to stay in the north and not follow God's plan to worship in Jerusalem, then maybe he can stay in office longer. You see, the enemy will always try to get your eyes off of God and what God has told you to do and he will always try and make it more convenient. He won't show you what he is fearful of. Let me tell you what the enemy is fearful of in our nation right now. That we will return back to being a nation that is under God. That's what the enemy is afraid of. I don't care if it comes from the Democratic side or the Republican side. I don't care if it's an independent. What the enemy is afraid of right now is that we will once again be a nation that looks to the scriptures for guidance and clarity. And so the enemy will begin to distract you in ways that you never thought it possible. He'll begin to paint picturesque moments for you. He'll begin to make it look like this is a whole lot more convenient for you. And trust me, this is not a political message. I don't want you to think that at all. Matter of fact, I don't even think I want to preach a political series this year. I've done it in the past. Don't want to do it again this year. Man, some of you, you're, you're so ridiculous with it already. I don't know. I probably would rebuke you online if I ever got started on there. 
I'm trying my best to keep some of you as friends on Facebook, but we'll just, we'll just keep. I'm trying. Jeroboam was operating out of fear. And so he makes this statement to his kingdom. He says, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. He reminds them of where their ancestors once were. Now, none of this generation had experienced slavery like that. None of them were in Egypt and experienced that kind of bondage. But he's reminding them of their history books and saying, if you, if you don't do this, if you don't worship here, then, then you might return back to that kind of slavery. And so he says, behold your gods. And he sets up golden calves in these, these two particular regions, regions that are very convenient for these people and, and regions that are very beautiful for them to go. They would desire, you would plan your family vacation to go to the city of Dan because it was so beautiful. He set up one in the city of Bethel, the other in Dan. And in, in addition to the, the alternative places of worship, Jeroboam takes it a step farther and, and he introduces an alternative priesthood that does not line up with God's word. And he also sets up an alternative month for celebration. While the scriptures indicated that the celebration should be in the seventh month, Jeroboam instituted worship in the eighth month. He is creating his own religion. And worshiping at Bethel was just very convenient. Substituting the priests, the feasts, and the places. All of these things were outside of God's will. And if we're not careful, church, when it comes to our walk with Christ, we will always be tempted with the words of Jeroboam, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. And when it comes with decisions in our Christian walk, if we're not careful, we will allow the enemy of our souls to put thoughts into our head that says, you have done that long enough. Some of you, 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 you have listened to the enemy's lies because he's convinced you that you have served in the kingdom long enough. Now give somebody else a chance and you take a break. That's nowhere in God's word. You know where Sabbath is found? One day a week. There's your break. Take a, take a break then. Get your rest then. We listen to the enemy and we listen to his lies and how he paints the picture of convenience for us. You have gone to Jerusalem long enough. You have paid your dues long enough. You have invested in your marriage long enough. Now can't you go and be happy with somebody else? And the enemy lies to us over and over and over again, painting these moments of convenience. And the problem with these people in the northern kingdom is they settled on the altars of convenience and it was there where they attempted to worship God. Church, you can sacrifice on the altars of convenience, but you can never obey God there. I want you to listen close to me. Please listen close to me because, man, I praise God for what some of you have already done and what you have given to this building fund. And, and I know that it's, it's mighty, mighty you know, courageous of me to say this after the offering, so forgive me if the timing is bad, but, but listen to me. You can give all you want to at the altars of convenience. But it will never take the place of obedience.
that when God says, I need you to go on a journey with me, that you'll pack up everything that you have and go on that journey. That you'll say, God, I'm following you. I've been very, very medicated since Thursday. So, I mean, just, just bear with me. If I say stupid things, just disregard it. And, but I'm going to say this, and it might come, out, come off stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you go to this church out of convenience, get on your knees and pray and find out if this is the church that God really wants you at. You can sacrifice all that you have at the altar of convenience. And it will never make the difference in your life like what it does when you sacrifice at the altar of obedience. The nation of Israel had already been told this one time. There was a, 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 a prophet by the name of, of Samuel. And Samuel said in 1 Samuel 15 and 22, he, he warned the nation. He says, has the Lord as great delight, as, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? He said, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. And I'm afraid sometimes that in America, in this culture of convenience, that Christianity in America has become convenient. Listen, I know this is covering so many areas of our lives right now. But we have to be willing to look at it. We have learned to harp on the verses that we agree with and completely ignore the ones that are inconvenient to our current mindset. And as a pastor, don't you think that I don't see it? I know what will ring some of your bells because you'll retweet me or you'll post my quote on Facebook when it lines up with your ideology. But you let me say something from God's word that goes against your ideology, and man, you will not like it, tweet it, Facebook post it, or anything. You won't even smile at me when you walk out the door. <laughs> We've learned to harp on those verses that we agree with and completely ignore the ones that are inconvenient to our current mindset. We post a few Bible verses on Facebook that are convenient to our current thought process and conveniently leave Scripture out when God's Word doesn't support our stance. We will pound the table in support of a political candidate that says the right thing on certain hot topics. And you know what those hot topics are for the church. Abortion, gay rights, and things like that. But we will completely disregard their lifestyle and how they have so many failed marriages. And that's the first thing that God instituted before anything else. And that breaks his heart more than anything. That the enemy, with a voice of convenience, is destroying our homes. And we won't stand up for them and fight. I don't want to sacrifice on the altar of convenience to get another amen. I don't want to sacrifice on the altar of convenience to get a Facebook like or a retweet. It didn't start yesterday. 
God's people have always been presented by the enemy with here. Here's what's convenient. Obey this and disregard what God has to say. Church, I want you to know that when it comes to my family, I will not worship at the altar of convenience. When it comes to my career, I will not worship at the altar of convenience. When it comes to my finances, I will not worship at the altar of convenience. Somebody needs to hear this today. Listen to me. Man, God convicted me a few years ago. I I thought I was justified in what I was doing. And I, as a pastor, I was tithing on my paycheck, but on my housing check that I get by the grace of God that we still, as ministers, we have some, you know, some, something that is a tax break for us. And there's a portion of our salary that we can set aside as housing for tax purposes. And I would tithe on my weekly paycheck, but on my monthly housing check, well, yeah, I would write 10%, but I would write it to wherever I wanted it to go. If I wanted it to go to missions, it went to missions. If I wanted it to go to the building fund, it went to the building fund. And the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, how convenient is that for you? Bring my whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And the Holy Spirit said, that's not yours to begin with. That is tithe. If you want to give something to missions, then you take that out of your own money. But the first 10% belongs to God. I hit my knees and repented. Because for years I did it wrong. I will not sacrifice my finances on the altar of convenience. There is not an area of my life that I want to sacrifice on the altar of convenience. And when it comes to my walk with Christ, I don't want to sacrifice on the altar of convenience. And I see God's people doing this daily. It's uncomfortable. For some of you, this is the most uncomfortable sermon you've ever heard me preach. It's uncomfortable. And though there are moments where I know I experience the blessings of God, there are plenty of moments in my walk with Him where I know it is very inconvenient for me at that moment. But when I get to the other side of that inconvenience, there is always a blessing waiting for me. Let me tell you what happened with Jeroboam. In the very next chapter, the Bible says a man of God comes to him and questions these altars and convenient places that he had built up and warns him. When Jeroboam sticks his hand out to rebuke this man, the Bible says it cripples his hand. This is what happens to us as Christians when we continue to sacrifice at the altar of convenience. Let me tell you something. If you have not recently experienced an inconvenience for the cause of Christ, 
If you haven't had to make a, a, a tough decision in your home, a decision that won't make you popular with your children because of the cause of Christ, if you haven't had to make a decision on your job that is inconvenient for your future because of the cause of Christ, you might want to ask who you're walking with because I'm telling you, every, every time I embark on this walk with Christ, there are potholes in the way every time. But the beautiful thing for my life is he's got a God's eye view and he sees the pothole long before I ever reach it. It does not catch him off guard. It catches you off guard and that's why it's inconvenient. But with everything in life, from politics to family, from serving in the church to giving in an offering. He's called us to this inconvenient faith. But the rewards are coming. There's always rewards with Him. It's not faith if it's not inconvenient sometimes. It's not faith at all. That's easy to believe in. Faith takes some tough circumstances. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church for life's journey.